It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. This is Kyle Hyman, and with us on the phone is Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo from the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. Thanks for being here, Dr. DeLorenzo. Good to be with you, Kyle. You wrote a great article for our Sunday visitor about the coronavirus. Uh, Before we get into it, how are you doing at your social distancing? Well, I was kind of, I've been practicing it for decades, actually. So uh, I personally am doing okay. But like many people, we have all of our kids home as the schools are closed. And so we're running education from pre-K through college, actually, because I'm teaching from home as well. Right. You know, we're adjusting to that like everybody is. Well, the title of your article that you wrote for our Sunday visitor is Christians and the Coronavirus Prepare to Lose. What are we talking about losing here? Well, I was trying to talk about the preparation of us Christians to be ready not to kind of compete with everybody, to to hold on to what we might otherwise lose, but actually maybe to train ourselves and prepare ourselves in advance to lose what might be painful to lose, whether it's some money, uh, certainly our convenience, as we're all finding out already, mm-hmm. but to take into account what other people are going to lose, especially for those of us who wouldn't be as directly impacted by loss of wages or loss of business or whatever it is. And for us Christians to really prepare now to lose for the sake of those who have no choice. And I think our initial reaction is like something got canceled. Oh, we should get our money back. And you talk about this in the article. Why as Christians should we be thinking differently about that? Well, you know, and to be honest, that's my first response to when I think of things getting canceled. My kids are in some theater performances. They'll be canceled. Oh, we paid for that. We should get some money, at least some money back. But I think the for us Christians, we're called upon to have a wider set of considerations to think not just about, oh, what am I losing? But who's impacted by the loss of business there? If that's canceled and all the money is withdrawn that people paid, let's say, to have their kids involved, the people who host that small theater company, who are the directors who have founded this, they're the ones who are going to lose income. So I don't know what the answer is in every situation. I don't think there's a a cut and dry sort of instruction manual, but I do think it is incumbent upon us Christians to think not just about my own personal private good, which is certainly under threat for all of us right now, but also to think who else is impacted and then how do I adjust my actions, my decision-making in response to that. And you go as far as to suggest that if you are salaried and you're going to get paid no matter what and get paid a decent amount, I suppose it would be the condition that maybe a little bit more than you need. And there's other people at your workplace that would be hourly that aren't going to be able to Mm -hmm. work and need Mm -hmm. that to survive that maybe you should ask your employer to reallocate funds and things. Is this something that we are obligated to as Christians, or is this just something you say, this would be nice if you would think about that? I think it's somewhere in between those two things. I think it's difficult to talk about obligation here, because one of the things I say in the article, which I believe is that no one of us can tell any other one what the sacrifice we have to make is. Right. But I do think we have a responsibility to hold each other accountable to considering what the sacrifices might be. And what I mean by that is, 
I can't say to my neighbor, hey, you ought to cut your salary in half and give it to so-and-so. I think I have a responsibility to say to my neighbor, hey, let's make sure that we're seeing the suffering of these other people and let's take it into our own discernment, what that means for me and for you personally. So in that example that you're bringing up, which is a, it's not just a hypothetical, this is a real thing that's happening at our university Mm -hmm. at Notre Dame. Certainly all of the restaurants and bars that are closing people that work on tips and whose income depends on hours work and the tips that others give, they're taking the biggest hit here out of everyone who works. How do those of us whose income isn't affected right away, how do we help to share that burden with them? I think that's the real question for us as Christians to try to consider now. And with the coronavirus and the current economic situation that we're in, this becomes really obvious, but it's not just limited to right now. This is something that we should always be considering and is something that Christians have done throughout history. Can you give us maybe some examples of other times and places that maybe holy men, women, saints have demonstrated this? Well, this one example that's haunted me for about a year is reading the uh, biography of Catherine of Siena by Sigrid Unset. And there is a a moment where there's a woman in their town in Siena who is uh, suffering probably from breast cancer. Her body is literally physically deteriorating. Nobody will go near her, both because of the stench and because she's just really an obnoxious woman. And Catherine makes a commitment to share the burden with this woman, to tend to her wounds. But Catherine herself is nauseated eventually by the stench. And so people are going to get grossed out right now, but hang with me. (laughs) What Catherine does because she's nauseated is she takes the bowl filled with the water and pus from this woman's wound, and she says to her own stomach, Catherine, if you're going to detest this, I'm going to give you what you detest. And she drinks the water from the bowl filled with this woman's pus from the wounds. Here's the point there. Uh She values the charity to this woman. She's so committed to the charity to this woman, the charity of our Lord to this woman, that she won't even allow her own repugnance to get in the way. In fact, she does whatever she has to to get over the repugnance. Mm. Now, that's an extraordinary example of one of the shining saints from our tradition. But they actually show us what it means to be human and to be Christian in times such as these that we have now that none of us have really gone through, where we're going to have to think about and really commit ourselves to perhaps some extraordinary actions on the personal level to care for the good, the well-being, and the health of others. Well, and I think whenever we talk about sacrifices like this and and to be giving up some of our income to help somebody else or looking at ways that we can lose instead of somebody else losing, take that sacrifice for another person, uh, we can see directly how this is going to help the other person. But ultimately, this helps ourselves as well. We end up better off because of it too. I think that, I mean, this is one of those times I haven't lived through a time like this. I don't think any of us have where our character is really going to be not only tested, but actually forged. So it's not just, I think, a revelation of the type of person we already were. I think it's actually the time where we determine the type of people that we are. In some ways, I suppose everything else has to be stripped away for these kind of experiences that we go together to really both reveal and determine our characters. It's a time of unprecedented crisis, and it seems like every day we're seeing just how much more urgent it is. And I think just about everybody is waking up just about to how urgent this is. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily me, myself, 
I'm going to be infected in my home or because I go to the store. It's about taking responsibility in our actions for stopping the spread of this contagion to others, especially those who are most vulnerable. And that's going to require sacrifices on all kinds of levels for all of us. That's how our character is forged, I think. Right. We're talking with Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo, and he wrote an article for osvnews.com. It's Christians and the Coronavirus Prepare to Lose. And one of the things that you talk about in the article is that this isn't just something that we magically do in the moment necessarily. Maybe there's grace that can happen, but it's really something that we train for. Can you explain that? I think it's really hard. I think we all know this from experience. It's really hard to see everything that's going on in the moment, and especially in moments of great drama or crisis. And so as we're now moving into the first week of this pandemic, where it's real, well, first week of the pandemic, where it's really affecting our lives here as Americans, um, I think we're starting to feel a little bit of these moments of crisis and on small ways, but they're going to get more significant and they're probably going to get worse. If we wait, I think, until, until whatever happens, happens, and then try and figure out in the moment what to do, I think we're just going to miss it. We're going to be blinded to so many things that are going on that we're not going to be able to respond well. So that's why, even in the title of the article, prepare to lose. It's not go ahead and lose or just lose when the time comes. It's right. prepare to do that. Prepare to see the kind of sacrifices that might need to be made. I think that's why this is a time of deepened prayer and silence and reflection. Some of us don't have the option but to be silent at this time, Hmm. Um, but to allow ourselves to be ready to see more fully and more broadly what's going on in any situation that comes up with our neighbors, folks in our parish who we don't see, but we can stay in touch with to see how they're doing, and people in our community. You talk about St. Maximilian Colby and how he... Mm -hmm. He lost his life for another person he traded. He said, you know what, I will yeah. I will d- die in your place. And this is the perfect example for us. And not that we're called to do that necessarily, but maybe it would come to that when it comes to shortage of ventilators and things like that. But ultimately, how do we respond to say somebody else's needs are more important than mine? And you say a line that really caught my attention. You said, his ultimate sacrifice presented true Christian creativity. And I'm fascinated mm-hmm. with creativity. I love to talk about it. And I've never heard of something like this, the sacrifice being an example of true Christian creativity. Can you explain that? Mm. Yeah, I, I heard that once Louis Armstrong said that jazz is extraordinary creativity with an extraordinary discipline. Huh. And I've allowed that to kind of teach me how to understand the saints better and to develop a devotion to them. So for somebody like Maximilian Kolbe, we see the way in which he died, and it's a remarkable sacrifice that he made to volunteer himself to give his own life, to save the life of another man. And then he, Maximilian, walked into a starvation chamber with nine other prisoners at Auschwitz and gave his life there. So he took the burden for someone else, and he shared the burden with these other nine. I think there was actually remarkable creativity in that moment to recognize this is the moment of my sacrifice and to step forward and to persuade the guards to allow him to make that sacrifice. Mm. But the discipline that undergirded that sacrifice happened for decades and decades before that. It was in his regular practices of fasting, which he kept regularly his regular practice of adoring the Blessed Sacrament, of praying the rosary nearly constantly, of when he was the superior or the head of the largest 
seminary in the world of continually giving up his own comforts and conveniences that you could have as a superior and taking the lower place so that others could experience more comfort could be elevated above him. In other words, like I think what we see with Maximilian when we really look and we really stay with him is that that creative sacrifice he made at the end was built up by all this discipline for decades and decades beforehand. And maybe there is a small bit of providence in this pandemic that it's happening for us Catholics in the middle of Lent, because we're already Hmm. supposed to be dedicating ourselves to these practices, these disciplines of asceticism, of fasting, of prayer, of Mm -hmm. almsgiving. And if we really, I think, commit ourselves more deeply to that in this time, we'll be better prepared for the creative sacrifices we'll have to make in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, it's, it's such a powerful article. People need to check it out. I mean, the closing line of the article is amazing, and I don't want to say it here, so it forces people to go <laughs> read the article. It's You did a great job on this, and it really challenged me personally. I mean, it's it's so good. So it's Christians and the Coronavirus, oh, Prepare to Lose. You can find it at osvnews.com. I'll have links in the description when this gets posted, so you can find that there. But uh, thank you so much, Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo. Also, want to mention to check out the latest episode of Church Life Today. And you can find that at RedeemerRadio.com slash Church Life Today. A great episode on the coronavirus and some of the ethics, uh, but also a hopeful message as well. So thank you for doing that and encourage people to check it out. So thank you so much, Dr. De Lorenzo. Thank you. Talk to you later.